You are now listening to Artists at Work. Artists at Work. Welcome back, everyone. This is Artists at Work. I am your host, 1AM. And today we are speaking with one of my good friends, Reckless, who is an artist here in Illinois. But let him let him introduce himself. Sub one, I am Roy Eccles. I'm a rapper here from Gilroy, California. Dillish Wave recording slash smooth music. Um, yeah, I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you I'm a little nervous. I'm not used to be on this side of the, the, the spectrum being interviewed. So no, I know. So tell us a little bit about that because um, you actually do your own uh, interviews with artists. So. Yeah, I have my own interview series on YouTube um, where I interview different artists from around the Bay Area, Central Valley, or wherever I can find any good talent that I feel like I want to expose and give a platform to. And uh, I've been going strong for like, I don't even know how many years, like what, four, five years or some shit like that. And uh, gotten it's helped me like gradually get better as an interviewer and really appreciate different like uh, points of view of music from different artists, from different areas. And uh, it's helped me like also influence like, you know, my style as well as like, you know, like what's going out there, what's the sample of being, you know, out there in music and, you know, helps shape where I want to go in my direction in music. Right. So like, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool time. Great times. When did you actually start it? I started it in, um, let's see. It was like, I think four or five years ago, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, also a fellow rapper named Bam Bam, wanted an interview done. And I was like, you know what? No, one, I'll do an interview with you. Like, I'll get my stuff ready. Because I had a GoPro camera that I bought. I was trying to like fuck around, see what I can do with it. And like I said, you know what? I can't have, I have a camera. I have a car that's soundproof. I can just make a series like that. So we ended up getting together, set up a time, and met up. I wrote down questions and like I... Um, I got him to like, you know, rehearse a little bit because of course it's nerve wracking to do interviews. I'm like doing all this in one breath right now. So like, uh, yeah, you're yeah. good. Don't, yeah, don't no, feel right. I play it off really well. I'm, you know, sure. I'm kind of learning. So um, <laughs> from, from there, like uh, we got together and uh, we just set it up and started doing the interview. Uh, from there, it was already a, a crazy experience because I immediately started learning a bunch of stuff about like camera placements, uh, background, what can happen during an interview and like the tone of an interview. Cause at the time I was like much more nervous than I appear to be right now. And, uh, like I wore glasses the first time just cause I was like very, very like insecure about like everything. I was like, oh, my glasses on, I'll look like cool, whatever. And like, I'll hide my face sort of. And, uh, <laughs> I did the interview and it felt good. I, I was able, I felt good that I helped somebody get a, uh, a platform to promote their stuff. And, it helped me like get to know more people so i was like um cool like, that's cool because believe it or not this wasn't my actual first interview ever ever because i've been interviewing people for many 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 uh years now and uh, this was just my first ever attempt at getting something that's actually my own to be able to like control and be able to like um create stuff content whenever i feel like and the people i still deserve it so mm -hmm. like it was a cool like starting point for me but i've been doing interviews since like 2000, 2008 oh wow that's the first that's yeah. the first thing i've ever done yeah yeah that's what's up okay so for a lot of the people that are just like n new to you you are and <laughs> you are uh are you an independent artist or are you signed with a label um it's i'm a little like on the fence of both of them because like i am signed to a label my cousin's label is where i started with devilish recording shout out to tragic one um but i also have my own personal label which i um 
basically put my music through most of, most of the time. I usually like uh, maybe like get a like an approval from Devilish Ways, just you know, from AL check this out my project. Oh, that's cool. I approve it. It's cool. Put my put their stamp on. It, and that's basically how they get their Devilish Ways stamp on it, you know. But like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predominantly a, a, a solo artist that's uh, independent. So I don't really like you know adhere to no one. Even the label, I don't really do what they tell me. <laughs> I just do what I want to do. They're you like, know? nah, cause I'm gonna listen to you. <laughs> like, nah, I don't, we ain't doing that today. <laughs> so yeah, predominantly uh, independent. Independent. So other than doing your music and interviewing people, what else do you do? Like, I know you have a podcast. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, I do. Uh, me and my cousin Tragic One have a podcast called The Devil's Jukebox Podcast, where we talk about basically anything we really want. It's mostly music uh, uh, orientated, but we do experiment and dabble. Like the last episode was pretty experimental. We just tried to talk, of, uh, <laughs> talk about different topics. You know, you've heard it. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 It's cool. And uh, it just helps me, like, you know, like, be able to like sort of practice my speech really because you know when I first started doing interviews it was very very monotone less like you know here's a question answer <laughs> <laughs> what want me yeah. to expand no next question uh so like from there it got it, it kind of helped me like you know like break myself free and incorporate more of my personality into a lot of stuff like I mean my interviews are still basically monotone but I do incorporate more personality more now than I have when I first started so that's a cool thing this podcast is doing so yeah, me and my cousin, we started it. Uh, I talked, I always wanted to do a podcast. I was like, yo, we need to do podcasts. I've been watching hella heavy. And like, I think we should, we could hella do it. Our personalities hella match, hella cool. So it would be a cool time. So we ended up making it happen. Yeah, I liked, I liked listening to it because it's like that authentic, just like you guys are just chilling and it's just like yeah. good conversation. So yeah, make sure you guys uh, check that out. Um, I'm going to put that in the description as well. So, you know, you do a lot of th different things and I kind of just want you to talk a little bit about how did you actually like start like with w as far as like music, where did you what got you into that? Music's always been part of my life from the beginning from my parents listening to music while we we're in the house and it shaped my type, my taste in music and what I felt music was. And then like after years of, of recording my own taste in music, I was able to like basically attach myself to hip hop predominantly. It's just like the best art form for me. And uh, when I was uh, 18, around the 17, 17, like I was with my, I was at a family reunion. I got my uncle, uh, Frank, Subtil Frank. He watched this. I don't know. I'll see you. I'll see And uh, he was talking to me like what I want to do in my life. You know, they're always concerned. Like, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, I'm not sure, man. Like, you know, like, what, what, I'm not sure. I just give my options open. And he's like, what do you like to do? Because he told me one thing, very important thing that people are generally good uh successful what they enjoy to do so i was like huh i enjoy listening to music and he's like perfect right there your cousin does music get with him he can maybe he can help you get started music somehow like see what you can help you with i was like sure like all right so i hit up tragic and like I was like yo i want to i want to rap like can you help <laughs> me he's like yeah sure come through and we came and we started like talking about it from there we started really like uh started to take it completely seriously so basically it's almost like instantly i took it seriously like I decided I wanted to do it, so I made it went full force. I wasn't dabbling. I wasn't like you know bullshitting around. I was like legit trying to like make something happen. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't have nothing. I was literally like fresh, nothing, nothing, no uh, connections, no nothing. So I was basically relying on him. And from there, he got me some connections with Chris, 
uh, shout out DJ Nightow and uh, with like uh, who else? Danny, the graphic, another rapper from Gilroy, who just basically helped mold me into an artist and get him like the you know the ones to do like what what do you do? How how do you go about this marketing name? Which is the yeah. hardest part? That's the hardest part to get. I said name. Name, yeah. Yeah, thought of a changing it many times. I never do. I'm just like nah. I already showed it. I'm not going back. It's so, <laughs> so funny uh, too because there's so many people that or there's so many rappers that have reckless. <laughs> I know. Yeah, especially when I started putting music up on Spotify, I was like fuck. I had to share a fucking uh, account with like 50 people. But you know, <laughs> it's whatever. It's cool. It's I cool. I mean, I have to deal with like I think there's like three, three or four different 1 AMs that I, yeah. I get mixed up with. Yeah, if only you had an original name from the beginning that you know was completely original and could not be, you know, taken. <laughs> Good thing that never happened. So uh hey, basically you, you, um, you stuck with it. You you are reckless. To me, when I think of reckless, I think of you. So dope. That's what I was going for. <laughs> So speaking um, of Spotify, real quick, okay. that's how we met, isn't it? Did you Spotify find me on Spotify? What? I think you heard, you like heard no, tracks. No, actually, sure? interestingly enough, uh, the way I heard about you was uh, I was working for uh, HomeboyNation.com uh, uh, once upon a time ago, and uh, they were having me like sort through a bunch of songs. They're trying to put out a bunch of mixtapes, so I, I was the one sorting songs and checking oh. out who's gonna be in this, who's not, who sucks, who's this. It was a really, really grueling process. So many people were trashed, and I was just like, huh. Was like, <laughs> I ended up deciding, okay, I'm not even going to go through this anymore. I'm just going to pick the most fucked up name I can find and oh see if my, I can, like... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was like, who's this OG Chunks? I got to see what this, <laughs> this motherfucker's all about. And I was like, holy shit, it's a girl. <laughs> and it's a tiny girl. <laughs> the tiny-ass girl. Your picture was you in a dress or something. I was like, oh. Okay, it's not a big, I'm not thinking a big ass cholo dude with a ponytail or some shit, but nah, it was a young ass girl. That I shit. know. Yeah, I heard the song off the realist uh, mixtape uh, from there. I, th- I think you sent in a song. I don't know. I remember uh, what it was called, but it was one where you're talking about you're in like in a bus, you went to a bus, you only had a $5 bill, so you just uh, paid for oh, it. Yeah, about your it day. Was- it, I was like talking about being high on a bus, going to going to yeah. school, or going. <laughs> I forgot what the fuck that was. I remember relating to that line so much because I there was a moment in my time where I went to a bus and that happened to me, and it just was so bad. Like this is not fair. We should get change. <laughs> this is my money. I worked hard for it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, that just brought me back to that moment. I'm like this artist has talent. It can bring me to a certain moment in time. I gotta work with this person. So that's basically how I got into your music. So. Damn. Shout out to Home Nation. <laughs> when when was that too? That was like I was pretty. I'm pretty sure I was still in high school too when we met. You were. You were. Yeah. You were. Hell. You know. You're still in high school, but it's just like I don't know, like how I like uh, came about it. Just like it's funny. It fell in the place. You just. I guess you're just submitting songs or some shit. Maybe I don't know. What I don't because <laughs> when I first started, I never like. I just put it on Spotify. Some or not Spotify. I put Baptist. it on SoundCloud, and then maybe mm-hmm. someone submitted my songs because. Apparently, there's uh-huh. certain websites that have some of my songs, and then people are like, "Oh, I yeah. found you on this site." I'm like, "Oh, I never." <laughs> okay, that's cool. Hey, but... it's cool. You get support like that. You know, people are trying to put you out there. <laughs> it's cool though, because like when when I first met you, I remember uh-huh. we met at the library, right? And yeah. we were writing to uh, one of those old school beats was sitting sideways or what was no, it? No, it was still tipping, still, still tipping, tipping by, yeah. by uh, and by um, from there we've been great fans ever since and i've been yeah. following you and 
check in here and there. I know I don't post anything about it or I don't let you know, yeah. but I see you. I see you. You be well, I feel the eyes on me. So you recently just put out an album called Cowboy Bebop. So kind of tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Um, that project was uh, um, pretty interesting. It was, it was a journey making that project. It was a wild time because like uh, I was starting um, to like, focus on a solo project i just dropped a compilation Mm -hmm. so i want to do solo stuff with just my music and really try to uh showcase who i am as a person and as an artist so like got a lot of songs uh recorded here and there throughout many years took a couple years to make it it took uh seven years to make that project yeah i I know it's a long time (laughs) i know it's a long time but you know i want to make sure right i want to be comfortable with that i want to be dreading something like fuck that was supposed to be this, but it wasn't like, I don't want to be that dedication, kind of artist. Dedication though. So. You, you showed yeah, a lot and, of dedication. Yeah. And like, it, was, it made me feel comfortable with the project when it was done. Like, yes, this is exactly what I want to put out. Accomplished a goal and it felt good. So it was the right, the right decision to take my time on it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, that project is actually very interesting because it became a concept project mm-hmm. after a while of making music because certain songs on there are on there for a reason. Some songs are not there for a reason because like there's songs that were supposed to be on there that weren't it just didn't mm-hmm. fit and uh the songs that were on there like i have like two or three songs that are like really really old mm-hmm. that i decided to put them on there because the concept of the project for those who don't know like it's like basically like um like cowboy bebop cowboys my dad is like known for being a cowboy back in the day mm-hmm. so like he's basically like influenced that part of the, you know, the music and bebop's a type of music so it's like cowboy music so it's like music of the son of cowboy and like um for me the kind of cowboy i am like i'm kind of man who like you know i take I in the past sometimes i look back all the time i shouldn't do it but i do a lot and inside the trailer of the cd it says like uh, man desperately look for uh like um i forget i don't want i'm gonna butcher the the line but it's basically saying like people look desperately to the past to make sure they actually did live because they're not sure because they're already dying. Like, did I even live my life? Like, if I got to look back and see any kind of, like, proof that I did. So, like, there's three songs on there that incorporate a moment in time. So, like, those songs on there for that reason. So, like, basically, it's me shifting from back, present to the past, present and past. So, like, what songs that's why are they're those? on there. Those specific ones. The songs are um, Faye with Featuring You. It's on there. Come Correct with Green. That was another one. And uh, the last one was, I wanted to say it was Asteroid Blues with Miss Honey. Yeah, I think that mm. was that one. Those are like three songs that are like the past. They, they incorporate two moods too. So like, it was cool that during the past, I still felt the same kind of feels that I still do today. So it's like, you know, I'm not that much of a shadow of who I was, but at the same time, like there are other stuff without the album that points out that I kind of am. So it's like, it's very, very intricate. You won't, uh, face value, you won't even notice it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I put out a bunch of songs. That's cool. But, you know, they're actually more deeper than they actually appear to be. You know, I mean, that, you know, I know what they mean, but most people won't, but, you know, yeah. the real well, well, for the people who actually like listen to music and love to yeah. dissect it and stuff like that, those are the people that will, will really get it and really cherish it you know oh yeah like i had people who like actually took the time to look at the actual cd and found out one some easter eggs on there like hey yo i, I saw this like i know uh, that was pretty clever you did that like oh shit that's what's up like yeah. uh i'll give away one of them uh like when inside the tray the cd underneath the cd on the side 
there's like a, a little like coordinates, like, like, you know, Atlas, you know, longitude and all that shit, you know, for the maps for Atlas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a certain coordinate on that. If you type it into Google, it'll legit tell you the exact coordinates for Gilroy, California. Oh, that's <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. So basically it represents that in that vastness of space, you see in the back in that little corner, that section, this, these exact coordinates, that's Gilroy. Damn, I didn't even that's know that. I'll have to go back and, and inspect those little Easter eggs. There's, there's a lot of shit. I didn't in that, even know that. that. Yeah, there's so much stuff on the album that's just hidden that you don't even notice. That's why it took seven years to make, you know, because I, mean, I had to make the project make sense because right. I didn't want to just make a project. Just had a bunch of songs I recorded that I enjoyed because I felt like it needed to be more than that. Right. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's just putting out songs that they record in the, in the studio that everyone thought was cool. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, you like it. I'll put it on the project. Right. It's like, no, nah, like I wanted something that meant more. Even if people didn't really like would appreciate it or people won't even like those songs that they sound dated. Mm-hmm. But they fit a purpose for me. So it's like, you know, I don't regret them. And I, hey, some people actually did enjoy them, which is surprising. I was like, you like that? That sucks. So. <laughs> You're all so, you know, like, like, You were meant to like that, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> well, okay. So in those seven years of making yeah. this album, what are some takeaways? Like what, what is something that you learned that you'll take into going into the next move forward? One thing uh, I will do is like uh, take forward is like time management Mm -hmm. because you got to really like find time to do a lot of this stuff. And like, if you let it like linger too long, you end up, you know, having a year of like, oh, fuck, like I I didn't do so much for this project. You start like lagging and stuff, which is something I'm still struggling with. But right now it's just for other reasons. But at the time, like I took for granted that like I have plenty of time to make music when I think I don't. You know, a lot of people think they don't have time and they get out of work, they're tired. They don't want to do shit. But, you know. I can recall the time where I got, I was tired from work and I still went out to the club and do some shit. Like, oh, I still mm-hmm. went out to hang out with my friends, have them fuck around or play video games for a couple hours. And it's just like, this time could have been used to write, so, to write a song, to, to like update a song or something, you know, like, but I didn't, I chose this because I made a, a excuse like, no, I'm tired. No, I'm this. I'm not inspired. But, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm just like finding ways to shatter that so I can just be more productive. I thought I wasn't productive, but like, it wasn't to the pace that it should have been because like I could have done more to like accelerate the process, but Hey, I learned that. So something I'm going to take with me on the next project, which is why the time management is much more like controlled now than it is when I was making that shit. So. Yeah. But, I think, yeah. yeah, that's probably, especially like being an independent artist, time management and mm-hmm. not making sure you don't take on too much, but making sure that you're, you're doing enough, you know? Um, exactly i also yeah also what i was gonna say like people who like also get discouraged with that that's, that's something that i struggled with because like i felt like even if i did a lot of work i felt like it wasn't enough or like mm-hmm. that that take too much time off for it's like not even worth it but you know that shit is just in your head you know it's never that you know just gotta break through that just you know make your project and be proud of what you make and you'll reap the benefits of what you create yeah, exactly. So for this project for Cowboy Bebop, did you like put it through your your label with your cousin or did you do this by yourself, like paying for all the beats and like the artwork and, and, and all that stuff? It was done through uh, mostly me and my label, but I incorporated help from like my cousin because mm-hmm. uh, he did the graphics for the whole thing. And uh, he helped, like, guide me in certain instances, like, oh, you should do this. Oh, he's probably, like, you know, I suggest you should do this for this project or mm-hmm. get this feature. Or this feature might not be that good. You know, just take advice from him. And then from there, like, that's why I was able to incorporate the logo for Devil's Ways to be able to be a project under that catalog. Yeah. And I also got help from Troubles, 
uh, homie Charles from San Jose because uh, he helped distribute my album, press it up. And he helped me, he did a verse on a song with me and B-Dog. And he like helped like push it through promotion as well, as, as well. He promoted the fuck out of it. And he helped me like get some CDs stocked in other countries, which is fucking like mind blowing. That was pretty cool that happened. Yeah. And with his help, I was able to get connections to like kickstart my next part that I'm working on right now. So that was a good connection, which I've known him for many years, but we just didn't really like click like this before until like he like started really fucking with me heavy when I dropped that Dear Music video. Like, he really liked that song and he wanted yeah. to work with me and he wanted to help me out. So did a business move with him and he helped me put out my project. So it got put out faster than it would have been. Okay, that's what's up. So I guess for having your own label, technically that is kind of like being independent because you're in charge of your own label, right? Yeah, like basically I was the one who initiated a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for the people who don't really know anything about what we're talking about <laughs> how no. would you even define like being an independent label basically i would define it as like you get handed a certain like business like i'll say you say you get like a, a whole like space you're in charge of keeping that space the way it is you know like and not losing like as much as like as well as money as well as also interest in that shit so you're in charge of putting whatever you want in there to sell to make a business to make money and profit to be able to pay for the space and all that and um, the more work you put in, the more you'll be able to go in there. And then, like, the, yeah. the less you put in, the harder it's going to be to maintain that. And they'll discourage you to just quit and sell the business or leave and all that stuff. So it's basically, like, uh, a career of passion, like a passion, passionate career. You need to really want to be in this because if not, then you're not going to make it far and you're going to be discouraged. You got the right mindset to it. I'm going to say a lot of cliches at you right now because, like, it's, it's okay. basically what it is. It, it, no, that's what it is, though. It. That's the truth. Yeah. And- you the know? reason it's a cliche is because it's true. Like you got to put in work, you got to be dedicated, you got to write the mind, right mindset. You're not doing it just to get famous, doing it because you love what you do. Mm-hmm. That makes you like have longevity. That helps you like get more fans and get more like, you know, inspiration to make more music. So it's like, that's the kind of mindset you got to have. So and a lot of people don't have that. So yeah, exactly. Know. Well, I know just from knowing you, I remember a long time ago, I'm pretty sure you were the one who told me all right it's not like you gotta spend money to make money but you gotta like basically don't be afraid to invest in yourself yeah don't be afraid to invest in yourself that's what you said to me and i thought i always like held on to that that always like stuck with me and and now i am where i am right i have all my stuff i invested in my shit i invested in my time i thank you for that for telling me that knowledge um so for the rest of the people for other independent artists what is some knowledge that you could drop and in, in in all your experience of doing this, what what is probably something that that needs to be known? Um, one thing you gotta know is that you gotta know your budget. You gotta know like uh, what you have to acquire to make a certain sound you want, and work making that a goal in order to be able to achieve it. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of equipment out there you can use that's very cheap and uh, you know like time cost effective but it's just like you're not gonna get the best quality out of it and it's just good to practice and all that but to get to where you want to go you have to like be prepared to invest not only in in that aspect but in acquiring beats you don't want to just go on youtube and download free stuff and then have shit not cleared and people sue you later if you get big and stuff like that yeah basically people don't take account buying beats paying for uh, artists to like make graphics for yourself for your cds your promos you gotta take advantage of features you gotta know if they're gonna charge you or not you gotta get a steady income you gotta be able to like find a job that can accommodate any expenses 
if you have any way to save money, if you have any choir stuff, you got to really invest, put all that into your music. You got to look at it as a career. Mm-hmm. You're going into a career, you know what I mean? Like, so you got to really do what you can to be financially invest, uh, stable for it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that's going to happen. You're going to get burned on money. You're going to buy beats you're never going to use. You're going <laughs> to buy like uh, a bunch of like features you might never use either. I have fucking, in that, in that cabinet right there, I have cds of features i've gotten that i've never used damn <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like because it didn't Great fit fault. or sh- sh- circumstances happen i don't know yeah and like i fall in love i fall out of love to make that song so i just never came to fruition but i got the verses for it so it just shit like that happened yeah you're gonna learn through this process of what you need what you don't need what you thought you wanted and it didn't happen so like prepare to have money for it you gotta be able to budget I don't know how I got this pen in my hand, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> you got to be able to like have that foundation because if you don't, you're just going to get discouraged. And when you get your, you know, cheap equipment you try to get by to at least put content out there, you're going to get mad that people are talking shit about how it sounds or what the fuck is this and that. So yeah. you got to be able to have that. Yeah. And, and also knowing that, I mean, if you don't have money and you're trying to do this, there's always a way to get good quality audio at least nowadays Mm -hmm. with the technology that we have of course and also saving just saving your money instead of Mm -hmm. spending on like a video game or something just yeah make a little fun for yourself and yeah another big thing i want to say too is that don't blow all your money on a feature that you think is going to help you get out there more Mm -hmm. that won't happen because a lot of times maybe the song is not the right song yeah maybe that's not the song that's gonna hit Maybe like she's not going to feel the song or he's not going to feel the song as much on the song. And then that's versus half ass, but you pay for it. Now the song is not as bumping as it could have been. You yeah. know, a lot of stuff could happen. So like pay within your budget, take it now. Like I'm not going to be able to afford this person. So I'm not going to put them on the project, maybe for a feature or something. Don't like hold that theory to yourself. Like I need to have this guy on my album. It's like, no, he's just going to charge you $3,000 for a verse. And it's not going to go anywhere. But he's going to get richer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only way you to really like reap any benefit from paying a lot of money like that for features if you do a project with them. That's mm-hmm. more like, you know, better for you because you're actually putting out a project that's gonna be under his catalog as well. That's yeah. better for you than paying like hell of money for one feature that a first song that might not even blow. So yeah. it's like So don't put you know, all your eggs in the basket. Exactly. Because I know artists, I know certain rapper from out here who paid hell of money for a uh, version of Snoop Dogg. And no way. uh yeah, he got he even got a video with it and everything he got to meet him in the studio with him. No way. And you, cool. I bet you, you've never heard of this man. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. He didn't he didn't go anywhere. Like that was like what 2011? <laughs> and you, you never heard from him since. So yeah. he moved to Gilroy too, actually. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, important like, yeah, to know like, though. Yeah, that, that is some yeah. good knowledge right there because I'll, I think a, a lot of people just see what they see, like on youtube and instagram mm-hmm. but they don't really yeah. know the behind the scenes and what you really don't. goes into this there's so much blood sweat and tears that go into this so much yeah. time and, and sacrifice. yeah don't take into account also the artists that they pay for even they fail in their projects maybe they'll put out a project that doesn't hit and then they lose popularity and they're not as relevant and that money is not even worth that feature anymore you know what i mean like but you paid before that project dropped and now you mm-hmm. have that feature, but then that shit sucked. And then it makes you associated with that by default. And you yep. don't think about that, you know. You yeah. never know when your artist, your artist is going to fail or be irrelevant. You know, but you pay hella money for the feature because you wanted it. So, like, you got to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, just because they have a name, 
doesn't mean that name's gonna help you in any way like you know like you think it will very true don't don't uh Mm -hmm. don't depend on bigger artists you know just focus on the crowd get better you're the star you're you're supposed to shine (laughs) exactly not them don't give them a flop but they have plenty of platforms (laughs) um so i guess the the next question kind of ties into what you were talking about with Mm-hmm. Um, budgeting and money because as let's face it as hip-hop artists we love to flaunt and show off and just say mm-hmm. yeah i got money da, da, da. but realistically mm-hmm. smart the smart artists are the ones that have their shit together and they mm-hmm. you know they really keep track of their finances and they really they oh, really totally, sacrifice totally. you know um yeah so that's me a harder one than this after this <laughs> <laughs> as an independent artist how do you sustain yourself like do you make money off of your music and is it enough to sustain yourself or do you have a second job oh i absolutely cannot sustain myself off my music um yeah i have a, I have a day job that i use to finance my stuff you know there's no shame in it you know people want to be like they have a lot of egos that oh my god like i'm just doing this full flesh and respect me you know i i took this risk i'm a brave person but it's like that's cool kudos for you mm-hmm. you know but it's like you don't uh, have that foundation that you would if you had a day job you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like me i make a lot of money in my job and I'm able to do a lot more with it because of it. Even with my past jobs, I work within that budget to make what I had to make happen. So it's like, you know, wherever you at, just have a job to finance yourself, you know, learn to save, budget, you know, sacrifice, don't go out when you don't need to, don't spend on shit you don't need to, you don't need a PS5, you know, I got a PS4, I work great. <laughs> and, uh, <Hey. laughs> like, yeah, so I got a kid in the hearts all day. Uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, you just gotta be able to have a job like that to be able to help you if you don't have it like that. If you're not balling like that off your music, don't front don't act like you are just bite the bullet go to a fucking i don't know like a department store or wherever you can get a job and just work for it yeah. i know people who've actually like started off just at an actual place like that and they got bigger and they were able to fortunate later with their music so mm. like you can make it it's fine like you don't have to like fake fake it <laughs> Yep. That's important. That's important. And I mean, some people like to live off that whole thing where you fake it till you make it, but sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes that gets you in a bigger hole than. Yeah. Yeah. I even know people who make good money (laughs) off their music and they just spend it on dumb shit. And it's like, they don't need to say it. So I don't even know how they're going to do later on. (laughs) So it's like, you got to be able to keep that in mind as well. When you get to that level, when you start making money off your music, be able to invest it again into yourself again to keep growing. If not, you're just going to, right away you know that's how one hit wonders happen they ride on the success of one project or one single and then just ride it to the ground and then don't have time to really like have a comeback for it and then you just stay right. stagnant and they become forgotten so right. that's, that's how it goes well thank you for answering that because that i think money is a topic that a lot of people don't really like to talk about when it comes to like art and stuff like that and I think it's oh, I'm fully a, open with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty yeah, important thing to talk about because this is an expensive hobby or it it's really an expensive career, career. So it's important yeah, to you know, it, when you open up yourself to that uh, conversation, it helps artists build up better because they're not all hiding behind a facade of trying to like appear bigger than they are because mm-hmm. they're open about it. It's like that way, like you ask for a verse, they'll be like, oh, okay, what's your budget looking like? Which is a better question than like, you know, how much you got or like, or like, you know, like, anything like that. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got this budget, you know, blah, blah, they'll go to work with you. But if you don't have that conversation, it's people like, oh, you look like you got money. I'm charged this much. You'd be like, oh yeah, I got it. I got you next week. 
like mm-hmm. you know like you just yeah. start like biding your time you don't want I artists who like I owe you an artist who like oh I have a name and they like have people like that they come at them every week like oh yeah I got this on this day on the for sure this day and then they go ghost on that day and then like and they when they have the money they don't even want to work with them anymore they're like you know what bro you already played me too many times I don't even even if you have it I don't even want to work with you so it's like you can't appear like that either so you got to make, make sure you have that conversation be, yep. be real with yourself you don't have money you have a day job work with that you know exactly work, you know move accordingly so you'll be able to like, make your dreams happen within your budget Right, right. That yeah, that is important because we are all struggling right now. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Except for the big corporations, is. but it's oh, important. Nice. Yeah, they're just they're just balling off of us. But so as far as like budgeting and stuff, what what's the most expensive like gear or like beat or feature? What's the most expensive thing that you've come across in your music career? Um, let's see. It's a lot. I pay a lot of stuff, a lot of money for shit. So it's like, uh, for example, like pressing the projects is the big one. I spend like at least $1,500 minimum for pressing a CD up. That's just uh, because I want that uh, merch and I want that accessibility. Uh, like when I'm out, I always album, check it out or like yeah. sell it or put them in stores and stuff like that. So that's like one of the main big uh, expenses that I have is pressing CDs. Most expensive verse I've ever paid for... I know it's in around the hundreds. Um, probably like see how much did I, I think Lazy was probably the most expensive one I paid for. It was like what, like like two thousand dollars or some shit like that. Damn. Because like we, we, yeah, because we're doing like a project, a project, you know, like oh, two projects. Oh yeah, there you go. So yeah, so it's like two cohesive albums together with the video so all that together incorporated around like two thousand some dollars so that's like the most expensive like feature i've ever done so wow. like you know and so i saved up for it i mean i made I, like i made like uh some funds to be able to accumulate for that and shit so it was able to happen accordingly you know what i mean and they work with you because you if you're honest with them they're out with you if i was one of those drivers that was like yeah i got it like that bro you know i got you next week and like you know like they, they gave me the price i'm like ooh, it's that much okay um you know what I'm saying like, it wouldn't happen it would just shut me down but i was honest, like all right this is how much i have right now like i get paid this this much a certain time blah 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 like you know like if you give me this much time like, i can be able to accumulate it you know uh people have you know people i uh, luckily have people know me so they just hit, hit him out like yeah he's good for it so they yeah. they trust me and then like i overcompensate what i do is like all right so you know, this much here's this and i also got you this much for this and you know blah blah, blah. so it's only what's a feature so he, he's charging this much he has this much right now you good he's like, oh shit all right yeah tell him yeah that's good send to my to my shit all right what's up so yeah. they get you know like surprise you know because it's you that i'm serious and i really want to do something so they, yeah they help me out they do shit like that so hey honesty is the best policy <laughs> exactly you ain't gotta fake it yeah. you gotta fake it man i'm just curious like because for me um i had it all planned out 2020 was my year just like everyone said and i just fell fat flat on my face um how did 2020 uh treat you that shouldn't be that bad to be honest like it gave me time to like really like work on shit because i was for time furloughed for my job so like 
I was able to have this time, you know, to just work on my music and be paid at the same time. So it's like I was able to put out my project and be able to promote it more efficiently, put it out in stores more, you know, go out to the people, you know, my mask on, of course, and like uh, be able to promote it like that. So it was cool. And it gave me more time because my friends also got, you know, furloughed and they were to have more time to make music. That's how we have like a couple of my people in my camp are now making hella music right now. Hey. They're like really benefiting off of this fucking uh, epidemic. So like it's really helping us out, giving us time because we all work like a motherfucker. Like we yeah. work so much. So like to have that time was such a blessing for us. So it really helped us out to get back into the groove of music. Like when I dropped my project, that was a big thing because it helped, inspired everyone to like get on it more. Like, oh shit, like, you talk a project? Fuck yeah, let's, I'm going to do something too. So everyone just started going in. So it was like a good time. They had time now too. So, you know, I mean, we got a lot of shit cooking. That's what's up. How did you go about like, cause you, you dropped Cowboy Bebop last year, right? Yes, I did. Last year in so, April. How did that, like, um, as far as like promoting it, since there weren't too many like live shows, like, if any mm-hmm. but how how did you go about promoting that the album internet was a good one i went to a lot of like uh, people i knew who like do like reviews on albums and i was able to have my album sent to them and like yo dog i need my album uh, review you got me yeah sure send it to them and then from there like just promoted that they were doing it even if it was not the best reviews like fuck it like they're promoting it people are they're seeing that People are taking interest in the project mm-hmm. and they can form their own ideas about it. I had people engaged. I got a lot of trolls hit me up when that shit happened. It was pretty cool. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like um, I was able to also go to different places that I knew people and be able to promote my project and give out CDs to certain things. I go to different recording sessions or uh, interviews or like go to like different pop-up spots that they were still doing while the COVID was going on. I was able to promote my album, get the word out. And then like, it was cool. Like, people were out there checking it out. And like, uh, it, it was good. Like I uh, did, took a lot of risks. I probably shouldn't have, you know, cause it was pandemic. I should have been inside, but I did take those risks. I took the safety precautions, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes you really want to promote it, you know? Exactly. Uh, I think I did like one pop-up show that you did. That's probably like the only time I performed like anything from that project. So mm. like, that was pretty cool that I at least got the experience that a little bit, you know what I mean? I was hoping to do a lot of shows this year to really like uh, put out, promote the album like that. But, you know, we had to do what we had to do. So, yeah, I you mean, know, you could do a live, you could do lives on Instagram or YouTube or something. Yeah, I could do that. You know, it's got to get a better setup in here because it looks pretty cool in here, but it's not as, you know, pleasing to the eye. I always want to have the best to present my music so it's like I'm well like your camera busy. your camera's good <laughs> thank you thank you yeah and, you know and you got the background going with selena mm-hmm. and alia you know yeah, you know, you, know you love selena out here yeah no, no we like we we say worship selena oh shit <laughs> <laughs> damn that's the yeah, shit dude. Oh my gosh so, yeah. that's so Mr. cool de la, de you know, hey, that's why we pray every night <laughs> You know, that's what's up. You're like, so, you're a beady beady bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that, but when you replay it, you'll, you'll see what I did. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so do you have any future goals, like, for this year, at least for 2021? Like, what what can we expect from you? I expect a lot this year. Like, three pro- three collab projects in the works. Mm-hmm. So that's to look forward to. I got uh, my collab with Troubles and Lazy Boy. Uh, those are going really good. Yesterday, I narrowed, finally narrowed it down to the first 10 songs I want to uh, release first. Mm-hmm. So I finally have that down. So those songs are going to be really, really cool. Uh, I'm really excited for everyone to hear those. I got 
a lot of interviews planned out for my YouTube channel as well. Like pretty well-known artists from like the Central Valley that I'm going to cover. So those are going to be really exciting, especially one of them. Uh, his name is Criminal. He's a really popular uh, rapper from out there. He has like this uh, this style of rap that's different. It's like a very, uh, we call it carnalismo kind of rap. Like okay. it's very like, very like uh, old school, like Cholo-ish kind of rap. But it's like, you know, that accent, heavy accent in, the, in this cadence. It's fucking, it's fucking dope. It's really cool. You rarely see that. And so I want to uh, interview him, give him more of a platform and shit. So like uh, doing that, uh, I got a couple of big ones I have because I, I I noticed in my uh, my channel, I'm about to hit my hundredth video. So wow. I, I want to make that hundredth video a really, really big interview. So like already in the works, getting my money up to like get that feature secured. And when that happens, it's going to be like, wow, this motherfucker got this person on this <laughs> <laughs> So that's a good one. That's a big goal I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to really like get my interviews out there more, you know, and have everyone check out the past interviews because of that one. So it's cool. Um, hoping to expand my uh, podcast a little more, do a lot more interviews, um, I mean, a lot more episodes. Mm. So me and my cousin, we actually got together today and we're just planning out like our next few interviews. We already got like uh, two already lined up for what we want to do. We already got like, a couple of equipment we're already going to buy. Nice. Uh, today, I bought some stuff earlier today, so I was like, we're ready to get that set up. For uh, your podcast, can fans, um, if they're listening, can they submit like topics and stuff that they want to hear you guys oh, yes, talk yes, about? By all means. Yes, by all means. Like we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, and um, actually on Anchor, where we also host our podcast, like there's a section where you can leave questions and comments in the very bottom of each episode. And we always read them every day. So you can leave like what topics you want us to cover, uh, stuff you want to ask us or anything you want to like, you know, see in our, you know, people we want to see as a guest, we have that covered on there. So leave a comment, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, you know, so you can follow us at, at DJB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And from there, you can submit any questions you want, any suggestions or guests you want to see. There's up on there. Okay. And for people who want to follow you, what is the best way to follow you? Follow me on Instagram at reckless DWR. That's R E C K L E S S D W R. There's no W before my name. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at reckless 408. And uh, follow my uh, YouTube channel at RecklessDWR as well. You see all my all my YouTube uh, videos on there. All right, you guys, you've heard it here first from artists at work. We were speaking with my homeboy Reckless. What's up? What up? And a thank you for being on this. This is just kind oh, yeah, of like some project I just want to do. So thank you for oh, being yeah, part of it. Yeah, thank you for letting me be a part of it. Once again, my name is 1AM. I'm your host. This is Artists at Work. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs>